Hey everybody, welcome to With Zero Authority. I'm Will. And I'm Corey. Yeah, a little bit of a change up. I'm, yeah. I'm doing the intro. This is, this is great. Yeah, this is a celebratory thing, so don't expect it all that often. That's okay. You uh, can... it's, been a, it's been a good week for the Dems. It's been nice to have two weeks in a row with some positive nude yeah. news for sure. Yeah, so things are looking up for the DNC. Just for a second, let's not obviously get ahead of ourselves here. The Democratic Party tends to do that when they see just a blip of success. They, <laughs> they go out ahead of their skis and they're like, all right, now is the time to talk about universal health care. Or now is the time to yeah, talk about yeah. like the most strict and ardent progressive uh, policies. Uh, it's not the time to do that. Let's yeah. take it slow. You don't have the Senate yet. Let's ease our way in. This good news actually has nothing to do with the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> this is a governor's race, yes. but it's welcome all the same. So, so the details are... The details are that Ed Gillespie failed in trying to take the state. Of Virginia. Of Virginia. So the fear here was that since Ed Gillespie was running on kind of a Trumpian platform. All right. So he was the Republican candidate. Yeah. And the Democratic candidate, Northam, who was, mm, let's say like the John Kerry of, of Virginia governor's race uh, candidates. Northam uh, was not a great campaigner. So okay. this is a surprise to everybody that he was able to pull this off, although it was neck and neck. Was he the incumbent, or this is McAuliffe no, 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 no. saying McAuliffe, I'm done? And McAuliffe uh, saying he's done. So, okay. So Good old-fashioned throwdown battle for Virginia. Yeah, Ed Gillespie ran on a pretty interesting platform. He spoke a lot about uh, Confederate statues. I know we've talked okay. about that on this, on this program have, before, yep. so I don't know if we'll rehash it. We can't just a little bit because of the relevance there. Totally. With uh, the University of Virginia and what happened. So what was his... All right, let's narrow in on that then. Uh, specific to Confederate statues and his Southern opinion, history, what was his platform? His opinion was herder. It's my heritage herder. Um, not to not to make a mockery of a political position, but yeah, to make a mockery of a political <laughs> position. We're totally um, uh, bipartisan. Yeah. No, we, we, we are. Uh, but honestly, is the level <laughs> of like bipartisan... To be considered a bipartisan show, do we not have to say that people who want to like relish the days of the confederacy maybe have a point <laughs> like, is that the, is it's that a good question it, like is there some there's some positions that you just a time comes and you throw them out the window yeah like and they're, they're like silly a, uh, a statue of robert e lee in a public square yeah where you know the entire population goes through it's one thing if like a statue of robert e lee's in a civil war museum or in somebody's private sure. collection right but to have that present at like a courthouse or at the state house or the state senate, and when the statue was erected, like fifty to hundred years after the Civil War, yeah, it was then clearly it's, a point it's to try to intimidate, you know, black minorities citizens. and vote, yeah, black citizens. I think it's so. So maybe this, maybe this issue, maybe that side of the argument is falling into that that bucket. But for the purposes of of figuring out this this Republican candidate and why he failed to win a state that probably should have been his, was that the general consensus that was his to lose? Uh, Northam, it was unclear. It was neck and neck, but Northam, again, didn't have that same momentum behind him. Okay. He ran kind of just a, hey, decency, right? Right, right. Um, but Ed Gillespie ran on a really Trumpy and kind of a Moore-esque okay. uh, platform. Not as extreme. But Ed Gillespie had some comments about, um, well, along with Confederate erasure, which is bullshit. That but, was the uh, phrase he was using, okay. Uh, the whole... He supported the Muslim ban, which is a pretty extreme position. Uh, a popular one, though, in yeah, Republican circles. Yeah. Um, but he has – he had made some interesting comments pertaining to, like, bathroom bill legislation a few years ago – or a few months ago 
So he was a more right-wing candidate than, like, a governor's office should probably see. Uh, like, in Maine, the governor of Maine, he's pretty crazy. He's not the norm. The norm is usually Kasich. Uh, yeah, right. Rather than, say, like, a Greg Abbott. Okay. But, yeah, no, uh, Gillespie will not be joining the ranks of Abbott and Kasich. So this one's really interesting to me because it hits on a question we have asked each other in episodes past, which is whether or not we're going to see a transformation in the country and the voting populace that says we're getting worn out on Trumpism. We're it's, getting worn out on these. The thing is, it hasn't been long enough to really know. I, but I, I keep reminding myself it's some, been a year. Is this some evidence that we can look at and say – Maybe it's trending in that direction. Yeah, yeah. But also what's really awesome is things that happen down the ballot. So um, in state houses all across the country, we saw people rejecting bigotry. People that had introduced bathroom bills have lost uh, their state, their their house seats. Um, People that have sued the police uh, in the the case of at least Philly – had sued the police in favor of a civil rights attorney has now become DA there or the lead prosecutor there. Um, so we're seeing a shift in this country that, that goes beyond just sort of, Oh, Virginia is remaining blue. I guess Philly, I mean, it's nice to see that shift, but I'm not overly surprised there just because it's a Northern state. It's got some progressive roots, uh, especially in the bigger cities. Um, but the result of Virginia, I mean, it's, it's even more interesting to me than that because we're getting closer to the South. We're getting closer to traditional Republican strongholds. Yeah, the Dems also swept in New Jersey, but that's not a surprise. But that's yeah. good news, right? Like Great news, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Christie really had an interest in having a, a, a subsistence of his party in that state. I don't really think he cared all yeah. that much. I, uh, the Christie... Also, also, the fact that he was politically poisonous. Right, right, right. I, I wonder what, what his five-year plan looks like right now Ugh, like what he know. where he's trying to go and what he's trying uh, to be and what he's Fox trying to do news i guess that's the best thing i can think of i don't know that he has much of a future in politics no maybe in commentary yeah maybe in commentary i'm sure i mean sure i'm sure he get hired in a heartbeat at a place like Fox. um yeah probably probably he's got enough name and i guess personal brand recognition that yeah i mean he he i think with the, He'd with be the, the Republican no base, guy. he didn't burn himself uh, I think with Trump and the relationship there, that that thing just went to hell, and yeah, uh, he didn't get quickly. anything that you know he was looking for with building that relationship with Trump. But I, th- I still think he has clout with the Republicans. Yeah, so things weren't only happening inside this country, although that's very important. Uh, Tuesday was great um, for the Democratic Party and for anybody who's trying to reject uh, the rhetoric associated with Trumpism or Trumpism light. We're seeing from from a lot of candidates here. But I still think that that even while Trump was not even in the country, right, uh, I don't think you saw Republicans running away from Trump's platform. You heard Paul Ryan this week say that the Republican Party is Trump. Trump is the Republican Party. They made that deal. This is what the voters in the Republican Party told party officials with their ballot. Yeah. uh, yeah. That this is... This is the ideology they want to be presented by this uh, political apparatus. Well, so, in in cases like Moore yeah. winning the the party yeah. nom, um, 
there's plenty of evidence to say that in, in all practical terms, this is what the Republican Party wants and this yeah. is where they need to be aligned. Oh, well, Moore's, Moore's nomination is, is extremely concerning. Uh, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get uh, there's plenty to cover about more. But uh, back to the, the Republican Party and, and Ryan himself. Uh, I think we're at a point, and I mean, you tell me where, as long as we continue to see these platforms and these policies resulting in winning seats, winning elections, they'll continue to be the mainstay of the Republican agenda. Yeah, but I, I would still remember that we lost the race in Georgia with this as our platform. We, I, I, don't, I don't know. And this has nothing to do with saying that the Democratic Party needs to change course. They're doing great the, when it comes to these races by running against Trump, not against Republican policies, because it's clear that policy-driven uh, campaigns, just they're not resonating with the American voter right now. Um, they, they may they may at some point, but not right now. Um, but I actually don't, I, I think I, I have stronger words and a condemnation for a lot of American voters that, that have enabled this uh, and continue to enable this. Uh, we see this in the Moore case. Uh, his approval rating will probably remain somewhat stagnant. It'll go down, right? But, but it'll remain somewhat stagnant. Um, the national He's approval rating or the Alabama approval rating? No, the, the Alabama approval rating okay. is the only one I care about. Okay. Um, but yeah. I mean, the national one will carry some weight because more is representative of the most like extreme version of these positions that won Trump the presidency. Yeah. And so yeah. the national opinion of him could is, be an indicator of where yeah. national Absolutely. Republicans. Absolutely. I, I think... I just don't think we need to, to start flying the banner of success here. Oh, of course not. I think, I no, think yeah. there's a chance that this could be an outlier, but this is a promising sign. Well, so... To, to put it kind of in a contrite sense, this is, this is a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Even in the face of running a, a, a bit of a disappointing and not necessarily inspiring campaign in Virginia, he still won. The Democrats managed to get a, a foothold there in the state, and so it's good yeah. news. And, and hopefully we can figure out how to build on that. I hate this podcast <laughs> what are you trying to say we didn't run an inspirational campaign <laughs> well one man's opinion they're certainly entitled to theirs uh so any other big wins across the country for the dems so we talked about the down ballot races yeah can we just talk about the bathroom bill person who lost to i'm just going to say this uh a state house rep that introduced a bathroom bill which was, state was beat virginia I okay believe. I, I could be wrong was beat by a transgender heavy metal vocalist nice that's that's awesome (laughs) it's a it's a good day for well it's a good week for the democratic party it's a bad week for the country it's a good week for the democratic party yeah um so yeah uh let's talk about why it might not be such a great week for the country let's talk about trump's trip to asia to president to to play president uh on the global stage um yeah no this the even the photo ops looked bad. I mean, if you just see him sitting with she, she, I'm gonna ping, uh, Xi Jinping. Did I? That's pretty I, close. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, did I? Did I butcher that? No, uh, no, no. That's good. I'm not. Definitely didn't nail it. Um, <laughs> but uh, and the photos of Shinzo Abe are not as bad, but still pretty bad. <laughs> uh, photos of Trump have always been bad. I, you don't pull a photo from Trump, and say, yeah, yeah. That's that's the presidential. One. That is the one. It's a good looking guy. I don't even know what his portrait's gonna look like. Uh, like, is he gonna want to do that like chin up thing where he puts his chin up? I wouldn't be surprised. 
I mean, it's, it's a pretty depressing topic, but no, our per- current per- sitting president is not a photogenic man, and the photos of him do not uh, reflect well upon us. And there have the been presidents who are not particularly photogenic that have not had this kind of stage presence that is so clearly fake that it hurts. Well, again, that's that's our bias coming through, right? A lot of people like, are, or, or are, are maybe, still inspired by the man. Yeah, in the same way that people were inspired by like the the brash and braggadocious demeanor of like uh, Berlusconi. I mean, I'm not going to fault them for getting behind a, a brash personality. There's plenty of reasons to get behind. It's like, yeah, I don't think I promise you, if you had a Democratic candidate come forward who was brash and who was. Uh, aggressive is not the right word, but more alpha male like a Donald Trump, but for the Democratic Party, he'd be lauded as finally someone with the moxie to take on these types of characters that the Republicans are bringing yeah, I forward. Yeah, I think I like the moxie in the Joe Biden style, right, where it's like the elder statesman getting angry kind of thing. But even if there was like but a gladiator, I don't like know someone if... who's going to battle the Republican Party, yeah, that man would be celebrated. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Um, so I mean, so we have plenty of of substantive reasons to to knock Trump beyond his terrible hairdo and the fact that he. No, can't well, take I don't think that's that's the problem. I think that this stage presence does not withstand outside of the country. I actually don't think it's a compelling image for the United States to other countries. I mean, because again, I don't think it's playing no, 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 a but, role but outside me, of like all the other reasons. But hear me out. But hear me out. But hear me out. The United States is a high context culture, so. Everything we say, we take context 100% into account. Now imagine Trump's demeanor and the words that he says being translated directly into other languages without any of that sure. context. Other, other cultures that are also high context, so Germany, Japan. Uh, this is an odd image for, for our, our fellow global citizens. Um, this, we get it because we understand what Trump is really saying, how Trump is really supposed to be acting. We, we see beyond the, the, the gaps and the pseudo-moxie and the braggadocious uh, bullshit. But I don't know how this registers to, say, people in Japan, China, or South Korea. I mean, I don't think it registers, not because it doesn't have the ability to register, but because in the face of all the other things that are registering, that people care more about, this is an incredibly small drop into a, a, a big pond full of a ton of evidence that shows this man is has no respect for women, that he's, uh, I mean, a, a bumbling idiot when it comes to policy. I'm with you that that could register. I just, my sense of it is, and seeing what is reported by the BBC or other foreign media outlets is they've got no shortage of other things to to go to substantively to talk about why Trump is a global failure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I mean... I'll concede to that, but, <laughs> I, but I do think that the language barrier is significant when it comes to Trump. Yeah, and we saw it in our own country and in our own language, English, in the debates, both within the Republican Party and across the aisle, well, in the presidential debates. And, and even the Sarah Huckabee Sanders interviews, where for 30 minutes a day, no means yes and up is down. Yeah. I mean... He's a ter- he's a horribly ineffective communicator. Uh, he just regurgitates the same sentiments and sentences and and sound bites over and over and over again. Like we've got a year of him so far, almost, and everyone's pretty disappointed that uh, yeah. he's as much of a incompetent president as he is. Yeah. 
So so I, it's just it's just crazy. But I guess we can talk about what he did there now because okay. uh, this this trip to Asia was supposed to be kind of reassuring our allies in the midst of what could end up being a crisis on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, we did not see that at all yeah. uh, from him. We saw mostly posturing, uh, poorly done posturing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of off-the-cuff comments. Again, Americans get that they mean nothing, that they're harmless comments. But when this is said behind a lectern by the President of the United States, the strongest military power on the planet, it registers differently. I can only imagine that it registers differently. There's nobody there saying, oh, and chances are this is what he really meant, which is blank. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. So a question for you. Do you think that the staffers and those in the cabinet, and those in the State Department, at this, by, by this point in time have just given up yeah. with speeches or outlines or um, here's the, uh, the, the high bullet points of what we want to hit in the speech? Because uh, it still feels like he just they throw he jumps yeah. on a plane and well, he just goes actually, off the cuff. You can actually tell when Trump gets back on because he's a terrible reader. Yeah. Like he, he is terrible at reading speeches that have been provided to him. Right. So there is such a distinction between when he is uh, what debaters would call on case and off case. Right. He, he, when, he is, when he is on case, he is horrible. But when he's off the cuff, uh, when he is uh, addressing his own points, when he is creating his own speech, right, he's creating Trump ground rather than staffer ground right, right uh you can tell there's a difference there's he's a little bit more animated uh a little bit more honest <laughs> right um more relaxed but then he gets back on this thing and he tends to only watch like the left or right well it's the the left uh teleprompter okay there are two he only reads yeah, one <laughs> i could have picked the wrong one but it's it's the left one yeah okay he only reads from the left one I don't know why I've noticed that, but it bothers me. He'll occasionally switch over because I think there's probably a staffer like, oh, shit, look, oh, <laughs> fuck, look, the, fuck, look the other way. Well, he's falling so short of past prior presidents that these trips were, were very uh, structured. There was, a, there was a, a long game to them. There was a strategy. Well, it was a short game and a long game. Um, there were a ton of minds that were involved in, in deciding what the speech would say. Did you hear like, that report that uh, in in the diet, you know how celebrities give like a several page diet to like a staff before they come? The diet's like a page of what they expect. Like, oh, yeah, so yeah. So we yeah. want like m and There's a word for it, like whether it's the yeah, musicians it's, or the... Yeah. yeah. So uh, apparently... The writer? They, yeah, something like that. Okay. The writer. The writer. I think it's the writer. Yeah. That there was something, and this is kind of like a rider, you send it to other nations, but apparently, and I don't know if this is true, this is just tweeted by like a WAPO journalist, that there was a segment in there that Trump is not comfortable with foreign foods. I don't know what that means. That's not surprising at all. But, but yeah. like, what are they, He's what are a, Shinzo Abe going to bring out like Domino's and, and KFC? I don't know. That's a great question. I, I, would imagine that in um, the, you know the state you, events that actually have media there, they're not going to be able to dictate that the yeah. what's being served has changed. You, you but know any how other time you, he eats. Yeah. You know how when you, you take like your niece or like any like much younger family members to like a nice restaurant and you're kind of hoping, oh, God, I hope they can just grill chicken or make mac and cheese because this, <laughs> this kid is like terrified of sushi. Yeah, yeah it's pretty similar. <laughs> How does that not feeling? I'm, how does that feeling not resonate? With I'm, I'm going to be Trump honest with you though. I think his diet is probably much easier to satisfy because, like, KFC is in every country around the world. 
like all the things that he has had the opportunity to like have a picture taken of him eating. Um, it's pretty accessible. I'm eating the planet. quesarito on uh, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I'm not racist. Uh, taco salads, man. <laughs> taco salad. I love the Mexicans. Uh, Jesus. So let's talk about actually the comments themselves <laughs> before we so go so the, far off topic. The point, though, that we're making and we're kind of centering things around there with all the, you know, fuck drunk comments. This is hilarious. Well, it's hilarious, but also to us, it's sad. Uh, we're not going to see... As a country, a president who's out making trips to our foreign, you know, allies, uh, that follows the track that past presidencies have followed. Like we're not developing foreign relations with these trips anymore, like we used to. I mean, they're wasted space, they're wasted gas on the airplane. Like we're just going to be absent that strategy to influence things globally until he's out of office. It's just off the table. Yeah, and it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the substance of, of what was said or not. So said let's go to the there. Japan comments first because okay. this was just an off the cuff one. Uh, that was a nice voice crack. Uh, but this is an off the cuff comment about Japan having such great technology that they should be able to intercept <laughs> <laughs> ICBMs yeah, launched yeah. by just a random observation. Ugh. Like, yeah, hey, the place cities are so that, fancy. It, you know, those those playstations are really cool. I don't know why. You can't shoot a missile <laughs> down. Come shoot on, a missile down. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's it's almost like there's a clause in the Japanese constitution that says that they actually can't have like a broad military presence in their own state. But yeah, you know, yeah. what, what does he know? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Because uh, you know that if uh, Japan was in the on the market for a missile defense system, we'd be on that. Oh no! I, by the way, they have a missile defense system. Yeah. Both uh, domestically and through their uh, ally uh, alliance with us. No, they, our own what, military assets. No, 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 the, the, the military, the the missile system they have is ours. Uh, right, it's right. been there since. But what I'm trying to say is, if that, if they were on the market for like right, a, right. a shiny missile defense system, you best bet that U.S. defense contractors would implore <laughs> the federal government <laughs> to consider this upgrade. Yeah. Um. So. I just, I don't know what he knows. That's the problem. Is that I sometimes I'm afraid that the president of the United States knows less about things than average citizens of the. But United remember, States. that's a that is a life trend for Trump. He hires people who know things. Uh, he just he just lives his life as his braggadocious self, uh, and everything else is figured out by someone else. All the details are figured out by another person. I don't think he cares to know anything of substance about current. U.S. Japan relations. Yeah. I don't think he measures himself against yeah. that standard at all. I think he put a mic in front of him, and if he has to read some shit, he's going to do it, you know, reluctantly. Yeah. But he prefers just to go freestyle. Yeah, but especially when it comes to issues of like security, global security, and uh, regional stability, uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of a. Um, I don't want to say refined, but constrained. Of Donald course, Trump? of course. I'm. I, I want to see it as well. I just. That's not the man in office. Like you know those shirts that say you know please be patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's really ableist. But. Um, <laughs> oh God! Let's not let's not have the ableist debate. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, yeah, it's like that. It's like please be patient with me. I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's not fair. To to the staff to, to, to have to th- this reminds me of I don't know if it was a book or a movie the movie definitely had this scene with uh, in Game Change 
uh, where Sarah Palin needed like lessons in global affairs. This is like that, except we're way too late. <laughs> He's already. He doesn't going see on. the value of even showing up for yeah. scheduling lessons. Yeah. I mean, Palin would show up and say, "Oh, probably a good idea." Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't give a flying fuck. I mean, I challenge anyone to point me to a time when Trump went into a deep and detailed argument or position he's held. Everything is always quips and sound bites and these, you know, at the surface opinions about things to call things the my, greatest my things ever, or the worst things be ever. Positive reinforcement. It's worked. No. I, that's not the point. I, I mean, the point I'm making is that, like, oh, any have I ever expectation seen that this man operates in that oh, way yeah. to have care enough about no. issues deeply. No, I've never seen it's it. Totally absent. I've, I have never seen it yeah. at all. So I feel, to your point as well, I also feel really bad for the staffers that I'm sure are just done putting any energy and trying to get anything substantive yeah, I heard done. something like 58% of, uh, like, the U.S. diplomatic corps has resigned Man. since the Trump administration. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> what? not good. Not good. And we're just sitting here laughing like we don't have diplomats in, in Azerbaijan. Like we, we Oh, and we're powerless. Like what can we do about it? Nothing. I mean, Tillerson comes in and guts the State Department budget. Yeah, who who the fuck advocates for their department being cut? Rex Tillerson. <laughs> <laughs> please excuse me. Please please be patient with me. I'm Rex Tillerson. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it's super frustrating. Um, only three more years. <laughs> okay, so he uh, does nothing to improve. My hair is going to be great by that. With Japan, uh, he stops by China. Things don't go well at all. <laughs> no, they go exactly no, as you expect them to. Do and you then... remember the the comment that that Trump referred to him as the King of China? That corrected <laughs> himself and said, "Well, he's not the King of China, but he may as well be the King of China. Everybody says he's the King of China." <laughs> like, what? You know, at least he caught his idiocy in that moment. Yeah, he was like, well, that's, that's a rare event. to say that, but, you it's know. It's a rare event. What was it? The... I'm, like, falling all <laughs> over this mic today. That's right. This is an amateur show. We're, amateur we're, hour. We're, we're trying I new think stuff. people appreciate the fact that we're even here. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So, I <laughs> one other, uh, it wasn't, was it Puerto Rico? I forget. Which of the... Disaster-ridden states. No, it was. It was essentially. We also had that wonderful moment of of Trump uh, telling the world that he had a really great visit with the president, president of, of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, <laughs> which he is the president. Which is of. <laughs> he's, he's the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. He's, he's, I he's the had president. a great dinner with myself. Uh, <laughs> I am a great guy. I had a great meeting with the the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. The man's hair. It's the greatest ever. I I have no idea what he meant by that. I don't know who he met with. Like, yeah. No, he yeah yeah he met with someone. He just uh, <laughs> just thought failed, that they were the realize. president of the U.S. Yeah. Virgin Islands. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he right, said let's... that with intent. I mean, it wasn't like a like a like a Freudian slip. It was... No, those just as idiocy idiocy on display. Like wow, I mean, he that, just didn't know. this is way worse than like the Bush, like humans and fish coexisting peacefully. And, nuclear, like, nuclear, misunderestimate. The, 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 like, <laughs> all of those uh, misnomers. Does that that be the right word? Hey, give me Bush any day over Trump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy, happy man. Yeah. So let's talk about what he said uh, about China. He's like, oh, I don't blame them for what they do. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Now is not the time to 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 
try to accuse China of currency manipulation. Or I actually don't know if that's what he was doing. Like going for – I think what he really meant was I don't blame China for trying to get good deals. I think that's the, the, the most uh, kind of articulate response I think I can make from that because I don't actually think he understands – uh, exchange, uh, like the manipulation of the exchange rate and how uh, China is able to to devalue its currency. Sure. Um, I don't actually think he he understands that that occurs. Uh, yeah, I think he knows it's happening because someone told oh, him also, it happens. Also, can, can we just quickly say something? There was a coup that occurred in Saudi Arabia and Jared Kushner An attempted coup. Yeah, there was like, yeah, an attempted coup that occurred in Saudi Arabia. A prince tried to consolidate power and like he was buddy buddy with Jared Kushner. Like the mm-hmm. president sent his his son and advisor to uh, to um, oversee that. Like what? Okay, <laughs> the, the, this is like a Warren Harding level well, corruption. We'll I'm let broken, that one develop a bit but, more uh, as far wow. as like their specific involvement. Okay, but back but... to back to the other side of the globe, <laughs> China. Um, Let's wrap up the Asia trip because I mean, there's not much more there. Trump no, did exactly what we all unfortunately and, wished he wouldn't do. Uh, quickly to just tap on South Korea did not make the situation better there at all. No. In fact, the the people of South Korea are overwhelmingly rejecting uh, his visit. Like, yeah, the the world Seoul, over generally tends to reject Trump. Yeah, except for like the hard right in Eastern Europe, they tend to like him. Yeah, but I mean that country, those countries as a whole. Yeah, fascist speak. Are still fascist yeah. gonna fascist. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's their boy. That's so my boy. So let's get into because we've had our. Let's fun. get off Trump. We've used our twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, we we've had our fun. Let's get into a bit of a more dour topic, uh, and that is what's happening with uh, Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore. Uh Holy shit, that's that's fucking unbelievable. Uh, what the Washington Post reported this week? Uh, dis- You're not surprised, are you? Um, you know, people can be manipulative, despicable human beings, but I am always shocked when it comes to to child sexual assault. I I don't think I'll ever be uh, conditioned to to expect that in any capacity. Um, I'm still disgusted by it. I'm still but you're repulsed by it. See, but it doesn't surprise I, I me. I haven't been exposed to to situations and contexts where where these kinds of prob- societal problems can be present. Um, but before we get into uh, talking about what enables this kind of behavior, let's talk about what these allegations are. Kay. Who who has has made these allegations, and uh, I guess Moore and his team's response to it which has been very complicated uh yeah. so and, let's put some context re- really, there. really 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 to be frank really weird so moore has within the last couple of weeks won the republican nomination to uh compete for uh jeff sessions vacated senate seat yeah and let's add even more context roy moore is insane um <laughs> so the yeah the runoff against the other republican candidate Luther Strange. Yeah. So comparatively, looking at those two Luther, people, Luther Strange was pretty conservative. I mean, Luther Strange was almost uh, Sessions level conservative. Right. Um, but Roy Moore's insane. I mean, Roy Moore has been kicked off of the uh, the federal bench twice. Okay. Or uh, removed from the circuit twice. Uh, he has advocated for not allowing uh, Muslims to sit in the uh, 
the U.S. Senate or House um, to outlaw any to homosexual outlaw behavior. Any homosexual behavior. I forget what act it was, but it's either abortion or gay marriage is punishable by death. The man is crazy. I mean, he's one of those pure evangelical nut jobs. Right. The uh, Christian crusade. Yeah. The, 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 the worst kind of people. Yep. Um, and now he is, if these allegations are true, um, and you know what? At this point, considering all of the news, uh, when it comes to sexual assault uh, and, and sexual misconduct allegations, we cannot have any shred of... We, we have to believe that the women are, li- are, are not lying. I almost messed that up. We have to believe that the women are not lying. I totally disagree with that, but we can get into those details. Specifically, though, to Rob Moore, or Moore and, and this moment in time, the allegations. Let's talk about what the, what the allegations are. And then we are. can get to our, our discussion about like... Uh, Whether or not you should by default believe an accuser who says they've been raped or sexually assaulted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, so the, the details... Assuming they're not lying and believing them are different. All right, well, let's get into that in a minute. For right now, Roy Moore, Republican uh, nominee for the Senate seat, uh, has been accused of when he was in his early 30s, like 30, 32 years old, when he was a district attorney in Alabama, that he uh, called a 14-year-old girl after spending time with her uh, while watching her in a courtroom while the mother was in for the case. A custody hearing. A custody hearing. He calls her a week later. He arranges to pick her up. He takes, uh, I think in that moment, on that visit, he forces himself on her and kisses her. Mm -hmm. And then there's a second uh, meeting where he uh, undresses, Mm -hmm. exposes himself, and forces her to touch his genitals. So that's, those are the details, the facts of the accusation that he's currently, I guess, what's the right word, yeah. fighting from um, his position? And his defense of it is is very odd. Um, well, he denies it, first and foremost. He denies it by saying that it's outside of his customary behavior, which is... I would have never done that. The weirdest way to empirically deny right. a... It's outside of my customary behavior. I would would never do that if I were in my right mind. Uh, ooh, and then, uh, okay. So let's talk about this. His approval rating is has gone down. It suffered from, from these allegations, but nowhere near what I thought it would. Uh, if you go on his Twitter, uh, he is still receiving broad support. He gets more retweets than... Uh, Donald Trump at times now, hmm. now because of this, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, people are standing by him. The head of the GOP of Alabama said, what particularly was it? I can't remember that he'd still vote for him. Well, he said a lot of things. There was, uh, I forget his name, uh, but there's a reporter who, who spent some time, not only with, uh, I don't know what the official title is, but the person representing the, the GOP, the party in Alabama, uh, as well as some other people within that office uh, who basically, when, when asked the question, would you still vote for him if this were true, said, yes, I would still vote for him. It wouldn't matter enough to me that he sexually, well, molested is the right word. Uh, yeah. He molested a 14-year-old while in his 30s. That wouldn't matter enough for me to vote for the Democratic candidate. But I also think that the, 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 the dynamic, there's a lot more there. The dynamic is important too, right? This was the DA present Absolutely. at a custody hearing. I mean, this is fucking despicable behavior. Yeah. 
this is someone acting in the role that they are running for essentially, right? They're running for public office. They're running to, to serve in government. And we have all the evidence in the world about how they're going to behave in that position. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. This is more than 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. People change, people make mistakes, but I don't believe this is a mistake that gets excused. Yeah. That this was just a road bump. Molesta- was- Molestation is not the same as cheating on your wife. Uh, uh, the world's apart. World's apart. Sexual- he should still be held to account for the way he behaved then. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. From a practical perspective, like there's the whole conversation about getting justice for because there's there's more than just one woman here accusing him. Yeah. So getting justice in those four trials and those four cases, but politically, um, uh, how is this place. affecting the odds? Because I mean, before this came out, I think the numbers were leaning in, in the in his favor that he would win and replace Jeff Sessions in the Senate, which would be another seat for Republicans. Um, as of right now, he'd still win. Is he still leading the numbers? Yeah. Wow. Ah, that's pretty frustrating. Good job, Alabama voters. Yeah. Is it close at least? I mean, is there a gap? It's closer. Uh, there, he's closing, but it's not significant. No. Okay. How, when's mean, the election? It's like fifty-two. I mean, that's a pretty big lead. When is the election happening? Like, how much time is there between now and uh, the? Like four weeks. Okay. Something like that. It's a special election. Hopefully, that's enough time to. Continue to build, to build the, case. the case against. Yeah, I mean, Roy Moore has come out and said that he's going to sue the Washington Post, that they should retract their story, all this stuff. Uh, but I also want to talk about what Sean Hannity said last night, uh, saying that this act. So Moore went on the Hannity show. Uh, McLaughlin. Oh, it wasn't Moore. Somebody that that uh, a uh, somebody from Breitbart. Who cares? A, a nameless okay. idiot on Breitbart who will remain nameless because I don't care about Breitbart because sure. <laughs> it's not an institution of journalism in the same way we don't cite blogs here. Um, Hannity and McLaughlin suggested that the act was consensual. This is a problem that, for some reason, people do not seem to... And I, I run into this uh, personally with, with some people that, that I interact with when it comes to discretionary agency. When you are a minor, you cannot provide consent. Right. Every act is done with the assumption that no consent was provided. Right. Um, so this idea that a 14-year-old can consent to a sexual act with a man that is that was probably 30-ish years older than her? Something like that. Uh, 16, 16 to 18. I mean... 20, 20-ish uh, years? Significantly older. An yeah, adult. He was 30. I think it was, he was 32. She was 14. Okay, so not 30 years older. Jesus. Okay. Uh, I mean, math it, is math. they're the same number to me. Yeah, like, yeah. 30 versus 18 years older. It's, yep. it's the same number. Agreed. Um, th- this is morally reprehensible. Uh, and Absolutely. the defense that is coming is that, uh, well, it was consensual. And then they were like, oh, but the, the other cases, it was just kissing. It wasn't. This is so gross. Um, yeah. And I, and I would like to cut to all of the segments that Fox News has run in the last week, two weeks particularly because of the not exactly Trump-friendly news that has been airing on all other stations about – Bill Clinton and his conduct with Monica Lewinsky. 
if that isn't morally reprehensible, right. right? If that is not morally permissible, how is this morally permissible? Right, right, right. So, how could consensual sex between two adults mm-hmm. be worth impeaching a president, where a child molester shouldn't be barred from running for office? Yeah, yeah. This is this is the issue with uh, partisan politics in that it is come to a point where um, I think that Trump voters, and I'm going to say Trump voters because not Republicans, but Trump voters hate the idea of a Democrat at all securing power that they will quite literally overlook in favor yeah. of a child molester. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is is this not a political parody? I, I swear to God, I think Voltaire wrote this. Because this cannot be real life. Um, it is. The, these are the kind of these are the allegations that sunk Anthony Weiner. So I don't get it. I I, I don't get it. Um, I think the explanation for it lies in the truth that we oftentimes ignore. That truth being, while you and I may look at the political landscape and look at candidates that we're considering and actually use common sense and try to distinguish them on their policy positions and what they're going to do once they get in office and how they legislate, that is not how the majority of the country views politics. That's not how the majority of the country votes. And for especially, I think, the right and the religious right, especially the religious right, it's much more about the war on Christians in this country, the war on Christianity. And that's one of the the reasons why I'm so frustrated by the use of that term, because when you paint the picture that there's a war on Christianity, people let that give them permission to do things that they would do in war. Yeah. To behave as if they were under those conditions. This is that total bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I can state from experience having gone to, one of the televangelist churches in our region yeah. that that is the narrative. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that, that Christians are under siege, uh, and that they are an oppressed people. Yeah. And this is a time to, to fight for what is morally right, but they can't come from a morally righteous, uh, framework if they are willing to overlook child molestation. Exactly. Which also then tells you, and actually, Despite Christian leadership's messaging and saying that this is a war against morality in this country, it actually has nothing to do with morality because no one is acting on the idea that it has to do with morality. Because if it were about morality, Rob Moore would be gone. He would not have a vote. No one would support him because morally he's broken every rule in the book. He's sinned in the worst way possible. Yeah. He's molested a child. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be this way till I die. This needs to go through the courts. We need a trial. We need to figure out what actually happened here. And we need judgment. I'm going to assume right now that there is substance to these accusations. So where yeah, there is smoke, there is fire. I'm not going to assert guilt on. I'm not going to assert guilt. Absolutely. There is enough here to consider the possible negative ramifications of putting somebody with such a low moral character in the Senate of supporting it. So if I were, if I were Christian, the risk that I would be someone who voted for and supported a child molester, that the risk there is enough for me to say, this man does not get my vote. But instead 
You've got everyone leaping to support this theory that he's putting out there that this is the liberal media liberal machine. Media. Yeah, like the Washington, trying to submarine the him. Washington Post and NBC. They have an agenda. Apparently, it's to get Democrats into the office so that there's no more newsworthy stuff breaking. They, what they really want is political stability, right? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 party hegemony. That that's that's insane. Well, I mean the the basic hypocritical lives and positions that are being taken. By those on the right that can it, support a person like it this, was the it's just disgusting. the media that talked about Elliot Spitzer's engagements with, with prostitutes. It was the liberal media that exposed Wiener's... Um, Wiener. Inter- Sorry. <laughs> interaction with, with uh, minors on Twitter with a fucking cell phone. So I... I that whole point is garbage. Uh, that whole counterpoint is garbage. This is the liberal media trying to take somebody down. That's not how this works. Agreed. It's the convenient excuse that's been baked in for the last, I don't know, decade, 15 years in politics that everyone goes to. And unfortunately, the vast majority of voters on the right are quick to leap to and get behind and support. Man. It's just the lamest excuse ever. I, I, They're out to get, the, the bad guys are out to screw. It's lies perpetuated by the guy that wants to Take your guns away and no longer allow you to pray. Yeah, uh, we need to try to, as a country, uh, be able to determine what is not politically right and wrong, but it, what is morally right, right and wrong. And this was the same party that was arguing that if Hillary Clinton is under investigation by the FBI, why elect her? Because what if anything comes of this? Right. Uh, I can assure you that, first of all, Roy Moore actually probably is going to have difficulties with federal election law. He's violated a lot of tax uh, laws. Uh, His whole campaign is oddly funded. Uh, The money he's taken in from organizations over the years is quite shady. So there's a strong chance that this guy will end up with some sort of an indictment. But, you know, he could vote in favor of tax reform. Yeah, that's what all this is. I mean, if you remember, yeah. five weeks ago when they asked uh, Mitch McConnell to say anything, he's like, "Oh, well, I hear he's for tax reform." So, I think with the voters in Alabama, it's it's actually about more than that. It's also oh, it's so never many been. of them it's, agree with the idea. It's of a never Muslim been. Ban it's and, never been about the economy with those voters. I, I firmly believe that. No, yeah, I'm with you. And to go back I, to like, how did he beat the other more moderate? Republican candidate. It was with these social. It was issues. because of his radical because, opinions. Because of because Luther Strange had the same fiscal opinions, right? Or had the fiscal opinion. I don't think Roy Moore has any opinions on those issues. Yeah. Roy Moore is running solely on social issues. So when Republicans say they are the party of fiscal responsibility, that is bullshit. They are the party of socially regressive policies. That is it. They are the party of taking the country back only socially. This is <laughs> not. Conservatives have been this way since the advent of the advent of the Anti-Federalist Party. This has been the way that they have operated in the rural parts of the country. But has it always been a lot? Because this is just a question of curiosity for yeah. me. Has it always been? Has the origin always been the the the, the religious yes. base? The the religious foundations around. This is the way it needs to be according to Scripture and the Bible and God. Yeah. We're drifting from that. We must yes. bring it back. Yes. So it, it actually comes down all the way back to Hamilton versus Jefferson. And Jefferson had, was a well-intentioned man, a, a genius in his own right. 
He believed that the country should remain rural, should remain agrarian, because it keeps us closer to God. It, it, it keeps man humble. Uh, to God, so I want to, this is education for me, yeah. keeps man closer to God as far as what he saw as a, a godly principles that were good to yes. live your life by? Because Thomas yes. Jefferson is also overwhelmingly on record as, as being a supporter being, of separation of church and state, mm-hmm. as not letting religion uh, dictate your free agency. Absolutely. So, And then it all changed. So that's the beginning of planting the seed of this idea of anti-federalist or anti-federalist, just anti-centralized government people believing that by having a strong central federal system is unholy. Um, then we see the presidency of Andrew Jackson, which is these rural voters, uneducated voters broadly, swooping in, sending in a man who is morally bankrupt. Andrew Jackson's morally bankrupt. We'll see it again with Rutherford B. Hayes, and then again with Warren Harding, and then again with Richard Nixon, and again with Trump. Every single time the silent majority speaks its mind, we get an outcome that is similar. It is a bold, boulder-dash-spewing monstrosity that almost tears the institution to pieces. So the problem here is that there has been a segment of conservative thought that has existed since the advent of the two political ideologies present in the political makeup of this country that has been able to every once in a while show its teeth and take over that movement and do this. And I think we are at the precipice where that segment of this ideology is stronger than the fiscal conservatives or the small government conservatives. It is the religious conservatives that have the reins of this party. This is where the Republican Party is headed. Anybody who identifies as a fiscal conservative and only cares about fiscal policy, monetary policy, how the federal government uh, changes its uh, its um, whether whether the Federal Reserve will increase interest rates, right, right, uh, foreign policy, get, anything, get, get out of this party. Yeah. It's no longer your party. This is the party of Roy Moore. So. My favorite clip of the day was reporters shrieking questions at Mitch McConnell and other Republicans, Republican senators about Roy Moore, and they just smiled and stood there. Yeah. Because they got nothing to say. They can't do anything. This is where the party is headed. Now, the Republican Party has pulled funding from Roy Moore, as they did with the guy who said, if a woman is raped, she has the ability to shut that whole thing down. Okay, if a Republican candidate for the Senate said that, now they wouldn't pull his funding. Think about how far the ball has moved. Sure. Now you have to have literally been alleged to have sexually assaulted a minor as a district attorney while that minor was the subject of a custody hearing. That is, that is telenovela level of fucked up. So if this is what it takes for the Republican Party to say, okay, now we can pull his funding, this party is morally fucked. More, so morally fucked or continuing to conduct business as usual. Because uh, to be a bit of a they won't, they won't get pessimist here, what are the consequences? Like they've been able to behave and act this way for generations. Mitch McConnell will be replaced by somebody like Roy Moore. Paul Ryan will be replaced by somebody like Roy Moore. They've run against Washington. Now they are Washington. People run against them. They lose. 
It's, it's a dangerous cycle. Once they started it, they can't stop. This started with the Tea Party. The Tea Party was sort of that Jacksonian shift, right? And now all of these people who were brought in as Tea Party revolutionaries are now the problem. So now all of these even further uh, right-wing candidates can say, hey, they're not true conservatives. I'm a true conservative. I don't want Muslims in the House or Senate. I think gay marriage is an abomination to God. Um, so that's the threat. What are the odds of that happening, though? Because we've, despite the fact that there's watch, this cyclical, watch this space. That we will not know until we see how this race turns out. Well, this race is going to be a hugely useful indicator uh, to figure out. But also remember, they nominated this guy. Alabama voters are a pretty good. Sure, Alabama is not the country, though. To be fair, no, it's not. If we're looking at the spectrum, Alabama is pretty much to the extreme right. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes back to that question we keep asking ourselves on every single episode. How radicalized is this country in actuality? Because, of course, with the it's way the media so outlets report things, like we, we, we're going to see reports on the most extreme and sensationalized things as, as leading the day every single well, day. I mean, the, uh, Northam got a lot of press and he wasn't exactly extreme. Democrats are Democrats are being relatively moderate. I'm still going to, for now at least, uh, stay aligned with the idea that if you look over a hundred years, over two hundred years, over three hundred years, the trajectory and the momentum is still forward. carrying us forward towards being more progressive. But there have been presidencies and congresses that absolutely have attempt to, to attempted to pull us back. It is because of individuals, absolutely, like. Everybody from Susan B. Anthony to Frederick Douglass to Malcolm X, it's, it's individuals that are outliers in the situation that have ensured that whether it be through their bellicosity or through their, their proactive uh, measures like Frederick Douglass versus Malcolm X, it is individuals who are outliers in the situation that have ensured that progress continues, right? Yeah. It, it has been individuals like LBJ with all of his faults, have our country has continued to move forward with these painful, quote-unquote, growing pains. Yeah. I, I, part of me says this is just society functioning as it normally does. Yeah, except now we're seeing And I it. don't look at the landscape One from election. the more progressive side of things and say, ah, we are just really absent of anyone out there fighting the progressive fight. There's plenty of people fighting the progressive fight. This isn't to, like massage over my fears and give me a reason like to not participate and not to be upset and not to like act to change things. But there's a sentiment within a certain segment of the democratic party of like absolute abject terror Yeah, and terror and apathy. They let that affect them in a way that they're no longer acting rationally. Yeah. It cannot dictate uh, the way that, that they go on uh, when it comes to proposing policies. Yeah. So, well, Pretty clear. I don't know if you fall in line with my kind of perspective on things, but I feel like we really need to try to balance ourselves and pull ourselves back toward the center and look at things objectively and not let emotions rule the day, no matter how much you want to, you know, immediately respond to things on Twitter or anywhere else. Uh, I think some patience, uh, some calm thinking, some stepping back from things is really. But if Roy Moore wins, this party is screwed. If Roy Moore wins, it's another. If Roy, if Roy it's Moore another, wins, he is the man that gets all of the attention whenever he addresses the Senate. Ted Cruz will no longer be considered the nightmare. Who man. was casting? Sorry, who was casting Sessions' vote in the Senate uh, while the seat was vacant, or was it just there's was, no vote there? 
it was uh, it was strange. It was my understanding that it was Luther Strange. So that seat was still held by a Republican. Okay, so I'm trying to think of the landscape within the Senate. We know they had a two-seat majority. Does this become three now? It sounds like it just stays two. If Moore wins, it shrinks to one if. Yeah, but I don't think Roy Moore will lose. I'm going to be honest. This is Alabama. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm with you. The odds are saying. It, it, I mean, it would be almost funny <laughs> that a alleged pedophile wins over – Someone who is not an alleged pedophile, but whatever. <laughs> and we'll end on that note. We can end there. Uh, we can let's save the. I think it's an interesting one to have. I mean, our show we tend to get a lot into the particulars of politics, our commentary about that, my asking you questions to learn about what's going on and share that learning with our audience. I do think next episode let's try to have that conversation around the issue we talked on touched on briefly, which is how should we be viewing accusations of sexual assault or rape or molestation well considering it's pertinent to current events well no it's pertinent to current events but i think let's let's next episode let's carve out a little bit of time to have that conversation okay. about that yeah because it's clear that that i'm absent of politics yeah that, okay. it could be interesting yeah we'll see um okay good to see you bud good to see you and uh, everyone who tuned in thanks for listening actually will you send us out thanks so much everybody and uh Good job to the Dems who won, and uh, let's keep this going. All right, thanks. I'm from the group where friction leads to fire. Stack your bricks, the time is take your pick. Do it, don't. The track, out the Yo, mix. my life is good. I got my peeps in the mix, so. Worst come to worst, my peoples come first. I got worldwide family.